Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 299 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Debbie Klim. Debbie lives in Edmond, Oklahoma, and she is retired now, but she ran a mail-order cookie business for 27 years while homeschooling four kids, one of whom I interviewed for this podcast. (laughs) When was that episode? It was Jenny Williams. Yes, Jenny. Yes, I think it was about six months ago. Okay, okay. Is she a writer? I'm trying to remember. Yes. 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 She's the one that sent me. She does the art. Yes, the the Carrot Top Paper Shop. Yeah. It's amazing that I can remember that out of 299 people, but she made an impact on me. She's she's awesome. So um, I love talking to you, her mom. You raised her. You crafted her out of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Debbie. Anyway. Thank you. (laughs) You know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I can skip through lots of diets because we can circle back to that. But intermittent fasting started for me more than 10 years ago whenever I looked up intermittent fasting books and I went to the library and I looked on Google. And I think there were four available at that time in the world. And I read all four of them and they were all written by men. And <laughs> Let me see if I can guess what they were. Okay, hold on. All right, I remember so the title of one of them. So this, maybe you'll... See, this, this should have been, okay, if it was more than 10 years ago, I was also dabbling at that point, but it hadn't stuck. Although pretty soon, we're, I'll be at 10 years since it did stick because it started sticking in 2014, which sounds remarkable. But let's say it's like 2012. Probably, did you read The 8-Hour Diet at that time? 
probably. The warrior that diet is the one I remember. Is that warrior one? Warrior diet. Uh-huh. Yeah. Warrior diet. Ori Hoffmeckler. Yes. And yes. his was like really like you weren't really fasting during the day. You were like uh-huh. eating berries and twigs or something like and a cottage warrior. cheese. A little cottage cheese. I don't yeah. know. But then you had like your four hour window at night mm-hmm. and then you ate until you were thirsty and then you stopped eating. I just remember that. <laughs> But that was that was the warrior diet and the eight hour diet. Did you come across fast five? Wasn't that later? I, you know, I don't think so. I think fast five was around two thousand nine ten. You know, I want to say two thousand seven or eight because it was it was a couple of years before the British documentary came out. Yes, with Michael Mosley. That yes. was right around two thousand twelve or so. Okay, so I maybe okay, so this is probably nine or ten, two thousand nine or ten when I was and reading I bet all these. Eat, stop, eat with Brad Pilon. Yes, one of them. Yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I we read them, them all cover to cover, and when I finished one book, I would implement what I learned and I would give it a go. And I remember watching the clock like a hawk. And the minute I allowed myself to open my window, I would eat. And funny thing, I was on, at the time, I was on high fat and low carb. And so, you know, those high fat desserts that you always wish you could eat, that's what I opened my window with. Like cheesecake, low carb cheesecake. Yeah. So that's what I started eating. And I ate that way. (laughs) Like for four hours, I allowed myself to eat. But the funny thing was, the second I started eating, I mean, not the second, but within minutes, I was so full. But I knew I only had four hours, so I went for it, right? So needless to say, I was miserable at the end of those four hours. And then I was like, well, this is stupid. This doesn't work. My body, and I could feel my hormones just going crazy. Like they didn't know what to do. I felt hungry. Like my stomach felt empty, but I also felt super full. I could feel both of those things at the same time. Is weird. And you weren't satisfied. Oh, no, 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 not at all. So I thought, well, that didn't work. So then I read the next book. I had all four of them stacked up, you know, to read one after the other. So I read the other one. Anyway, and then after each one, I would Google, can women fast? And the answer was always no. And so I thought, boy, I've got to beat this. But I really wanted to figure it out because... I just felt like living a life of denying yourself good food that was around you all the time, I just thought that was so wrong. It just didn't feel right. And I wanted to be able to feast and enjoy food without feeling bad or not being able to fit in my clothes. Yep. And circling back to what you said about can women fast, there was some blog article that was going around around maybe 2013, 2014, 2015, there was like one blog post about women and fasting. And it was written by somebody who herself had tried it and determined it did not work for her (laughs) and had basically said, here's all the reasons women shouldn't fast. And people pass that around like it was the gospel truth. And funny story, from what I heard anecdotally, I think Melanie Avalon told me this because she knows this person through, they were like paleo world kind of connection. This person now does do intermittent fasting, I think. The same person who wrote that blog post. But I think that what she was doing at the time, you know, when it quote didn't work for her, she was also over-restricting and heavily working out. Yeah. And over-restriction and over-exercising doesn't work very well. For women, Uh that's bad for us hormonally, but that doesn't mean fasting is the same thing. You know, we can fast in a way that's not overly restrictive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So you probably read that article back in the day, too. Probably. Probably. So then I gave that up, but still in the back of my mind, I thought I was always thinking about it because I thought this is the only thing I've ever read that would allow me to eat like a real person and enjoy good food without feeling bad about it or without stopping before you're satisfied. Like we eat now, we stop when we're satisfied. And before it was like, no, stop before you're satisfied. You felt like you had to. You were on a diet and it was your calorie count was up or you'd reached your carb limit or whatever it was you were doing. You had to stop before you were satisfied because that's what the diet told you to do. Yeah. Yes. And it was, and it just didn't feel right. So I kept thinking about it. So then when the Michael Mosley documentary came out and I watched it and I had my husband, and I watched it together and it's always best when you do those things together rather than me trying to influence him. So he watched it and he was like, wow, that's amazing. So we went for it two days in a row, Monday and Tuesday. Day, which makes Monday and Tuesday the worst days in the world. Because back then it was, 
<laughs> it was two. It was it was two five hundred calorie days, but they had to be back to back. That wasn't. Oh, what really? Yeah, at, I don't at, remember that part. So well, Michael Mosley said they needed to be back to back. You know, he may not have said they had to be back to back, but that's the way he did it, and so, and so we did it like that. And so see, Mon- he. He was coming off of Krista Veraday's work with every other day or alternate day fasting, and she did not have her people doing it back to back. You know what? So I he just made up his own thing. He may have, or yeah, I could have just interpreted it that way because it was I didn't read his book at the time. I, mean, I have it now, but I didn't read it. I was going off the documentary, so you may have just thought I'm just going to cram all this awfulness into two days, so it's done yeah, for the week. It could could have you know? could have done yeah. that. Because you were not fast and clean. That's why I say awfulness. Because a 500-calorie down day when you're spreading it all out and you're not fasting clean is about the worst thing you could do. It is. It is. And especially when you start first thing in the morning. And then at 5 o'clock, I'm handing my husband a tiny sliver of apple and saying, this is your last portion. <laughs> and we both look weak. We can't think. You know, we just it's just... And then we're going to do the same thing again tomorrow. We didn't sleep well. But then the beautiful thing was for the next five days, we got to eat well. And so we're ready to do it again. So we, believe it or not, kept that up for like six months. Wow. And I know. And then at the end of the six months, he said... I am done with this. I am never doing it again. Leave me alone. Like, don't ever <laughs> ask me to do another stupid diet again. <laughs> and, and so I waited a while before I asked him to do another stupid diet again. But okay, so then this is a few years later. This is in 2018. That's right, July of 2018. That was the only thing that I had done that way of fasting that had actually felt like the pounds really left. Like they didn't jump on as soon as you started eating normal again. So I thought there's something to it. So I'm just going to do it again by myself. So I did it by myself. And then you were available by that time so I could find you. So I looked all over. I was on Amazon and I found your book and I found the Facebook pages. And you weren't going to allow me coffee with cream and sugar. So I moved on. story Sherry tells of when she joined my group and she was drinking a lot of you know, diet sodas and we were, didn't do that. She's like, these people are crazy. I'm gone. Yeah, Sherry yeah, yeah. left. Yeah. Thank goodness she came back. <laughs> so I, I went on to, I think 10 Facebook pages and I was like, oh, this will be the one. And so then I would type a question like, this is what I did today. Does this sound good? And they'd be, everyone would answer like, oh, that's perfect. And it wasn't perfect. It always started with coffee with cream and sugar. And oh, my naturopath, I knew that she had been fasting. She had always talked about intermittent fasting and she'd done it for 10 or 15 years. And she said, that's all, always how she kept her weight off. And so I'm sitting there with her and I said, I've been intermittent fasting, but the things I've read said that I'm not supposed to have blah, blah, blah before I start eating. And I said, what do you think? Can I have pickle juice? She was like, yes. And I said, can I have kombucha? She goes, mm, yes. Can I have broth? Mm, yes. Is it okay if I put a little bit of cream and sugar in my coffee? Mm, yes. <laughs> she said yes to everything. I was like, oh, I can do this then. And then it wasn't, it just wasn't working. Well, excuse me, it was kind of working. You know, I well, still. Well, low calorie diets work, right? You're right, right. And they I still. work, was, quote, work. <laughs> right. Because I was skipping a meal, right? So I did that for a while. And then I kept coming back to you and your Facebook group. And I finally thought, okay, it's going to be, and it wasn't called clean fast at the time. It was just people were, you know, talking about it has to be black coffee. So I tried that and I knew people said you have to do it for two weeks. You have to do it for two weeks. And so I tried, I really did it for two weeks. I hated those two weeks so much and I just gave it up. I went back to my the clean coffee fast. Mm-hmm. Gave it up. <laughs> I know. But I gave it up not because I didn't like black coffee, because I've got used to the taste of it so much so that I didn't like my coffee with cream and sugar anymore, which kind of made me mad, honestly. But then I thought, if I hate this coffee, no, no, no. I d- didn't hate the coffee. I hated what it made me feel. It felt like the first thing in my body shouldn't be black coffee. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That's what it boiled down to. And so that was actually after two tries. I did another two-week period where I tried black coffee. And that's when I determined my body doesn't like me to have black coffee on an empty stomach. It made me feel jittery. It made me feel, I just didn't feel good. Okay. So you might be somebody who clears caffeine slowly. Or I mean, or you just somebody that, that, that doesn't do well on an empty stomach. Probably. And if you ask me, ideally, what time of day I would rather be eating, I would say evening because that's when the world eats. And so that's what I was striving for. But then I thought, you know, my world is around cooking. I cook, I have a big garden, and I spend most of my time thinking about food and what I'm going to fix. And it's kind of my creative outlet. And so I thought, I can't just wait all day and do something else and then deal with food at the end of the day. Because I want to be messing with food. I'm in the garden. I'm, you know, I want to be doing the food thing all day. So I just made it work for me. And I decided I'd just open my window at 10 with my coffee with cream and sugar. And I, when I say sugar, I'm talking about coconut sugar. I don't have processed anything. My milk comes from a good source, the cream. But I also realized I needed to have something else with it. So I'll drink like some kefir or and have some of my green drink with it. So I, it's not just coffee with cream and sugar because that even felt a little wrong opening my window with that after 20 hours, you know, of nothing and just doing that. So that helped a lot. So, and the fact that it's liquid, it still feels like my digestion is getting a rest, if that makes sense. So you, you just, what you did, let me just summarize that. You had a hard time shifting to the clean fast because you, even though you could drink the black coffee, you didn't like the way you felt drinking black coffee on an empty stomach. That didn't work well for your body. So you decided the way you would manage that, plus since you worked with food all day, it was hard for you to work with food all day, fast, clean, and then wait till evening. So you just said, I'm going to have my window open at 10 and like 10 to 2. Yep. Seem about right. And then close your window at 2. And then you have a clean fast from 2 until 10 the next day. Yes, yes. But you know what? I made that sound a lot easier than it is because the way I actually did it, my husband wasn't fasting with me yet. And so I would cook dinner for him as well. And I would eat a smaller portion. So my window was still too long. It was still eight hours. I think actually I would wait until about 11. So I was doing, for a long time, I was doing seven hours because we could eat somewhat early. We'd be done usually so by about six. 11, 11 to six. Yes. Yes. So I was doing that. And as much as I wished, I wished it was shorter, but I also didn't want to disrupt our schedule. You know, I didn't want him to feel like I'm not eating with him. So, you know, I would say, Debbie, an 11 to six hour eating window that feels like a lifestyle is better than saying, I just can't do intermittent fasting. I'm not going to do it. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And I tell people all the time, if the only thing you get out of it, if you decide you can't do this, if the only thing you get out of it is that you know to stop nibbling after you've finished eating and wait until you're actually hungry to start eating. But you know, those satiety signals aren't 
honed until you fasted. So you know what I mean? So I'm just saying, if I even had that information earlier, I think it would have been so helpful. But soon after, I'm saying like six months, because you know, I've fasted, I've done this for over four years. And so my husband joined me finally. I just told him one day, I said, you know, if you skip breakfast, blah, blah, blah. And he'd watched me do it for a long time. And remembering the words saying, I'm never doing anything like this with you again. And he started doing it with me. And so we would eat lunch and dinner. And after he kind of got used to that, I'm saying like another six months, I said, you know, the sweet spot is four hours, four to five hours. Why don't we try skipping dinner? And he looked at me like I was crazy, but that I could see the wheels turning. And so he agreed. And, you know, the very first time, at least for me, that I skipped dinner, it felt like another transition. It felt like my body having to shift again. I was super hungry. I was mad that I was skipping dinner. I had to find something to do with my time. It just felt like an irritation. And I didn't sleep well. But then the next day, it was a whole lot easier. And I think by day three, it was a piece of cake. Oh, wow. That's awesome that your body adjusted to that by day three of, yeah, of skipping the dinner. Yeah, it was really, really an easy transition, and it felt good. It felt great to go to bed on an empty stomach, which is funny to think because the part that kind of was a shift for me that I had to think about a lot was like since I'm the order of my day looks like nobody else's day. I'm cooking. I'm like in the morning when I'm not, before I drink my coffee, I'm usually doing some lunch prep. I'm getting stuff ready. Nine o'clock in the morning, I'm prepping some food. And and then I, favorite part of my day now, sitting down with my coffee at 10 and reading. Whereas before, it was very early in the morning. And so that felt like a shift too, because, you know, when you wake up, you're ready for that coffee cream and sugar taste and you you kind of can't get over that. So now when I wake up, I don't want that. I don't feel like it. I'll have very watered down coffee. We can talk about the coffee thing later. But so you'll you'll have a little watery black coffee to start. Watery with. black coffee with seriously like a couple of tablespoons of cold brew in it. It is so watered down, but it gives me a little bit of caffeine, which feels good. And it's warm. Okay, but it's not like as you had like just some solid black. No, no, no. Fully it's brewed It's so watered coffee. down. It looks like yeah. weak tea. So my day looks like now we feast at noon. We start it and we eat really well for about an hour. You know, it's in an hour, you can get pretty full. And then we wait a bit and then have some yogurt or something kind of sweet-ish. And then we're done by two. And then I clean up the kitchen. And I am done for the day, which I couldn't do if I had family or kids to feed or anything like that. But oddly enough, that's when I go run my errands. So like my day starts at two or whatever. I go run my errands and I'm done. And so I just kind of had to think about how to readjust my day because it wasn't the natural flow of how a day normally goes. And my husband, since he doesn't open his window till noon, he has his drink at the end of the day. So that's when he'll have some whiskey or beer or something. So that's how he'll end his day at around five. And it's wonderful. We both really, really like it. I'm so glad to hear it. So is he also retired and at home with Recently you? retired, yes. Yes, and he's at home. Yeah, we, yeah we're at home good. together. We're, we're, yeah. we're still adjusting to the retirement. Did he adjust well? He did. He did because I think he thought that he was he was just on the leave of absence. And so I think he kept thinking he was going to go back. So I don't think he felt like it was legit until it kind of happens that it is. Well, Chad yeah. had a hard time adjusting, but we also moved at the same exact time. And so he yes. doesn't like change. And it was, I think, too much change at once. Oh. <laughs> you know, had we stuck around Augusta for a year, let him get used to the retirement, yes. and then maybe came to you know, come up to the beach. Anyway, I think he's starting to – it's been – Almost a year. I think he's starting to find his groove. Oh, that's <laughs> but, good. Yeah. He's always there. Let's <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> no, he's not always there, actually. He likes to do yard work here and there. We have, you know, a couple properties. And so he'll go over there, he'll go over there. And he likes to run around town and scope things out. But retirement is sometimes a challenging transition. I'm glad it's been an easy one for y'all. Yeah, it is. He's a doer and he's, and there's always enough stuff to do out here. And so he's outside and working on something a lot. So yeah. He's Chad has had to learn around. how to do the new things. Like he just finally, we've been here almost a year. Like I said, he just now, he has gotten to know the neighbor here at this house. 
and his the neighbor's teaching him about how to trim the palm trees. It's just something oh my new. You have to trim. Yeah. So he let him borrow his like long saw on a stick. I don't know what the name of that is. Saw on a stick is what I'll just yeah, call it. Yeah, that's what it's called for sure. Call it saw on a stick. So he was out there like a chain. It's like a chainsaw on a pole is pole what saw. it is. I think it's called pole, a pole saw. Oh, is that what it's called? Pole I think saw. it well, is. That, that's a really good name for that. <laughs> He had his pole saw, and he was learning how to trim up the palm trees. And so just, you know, as he's starting to get used to this is a whole new place. But yes, anyway, yes. but I love that you and your husband are doing this together because that really does make it easy. You know, I can't imagine if Chad were always trying to get me to eat something. Oh, he's more of a stickler I than I am. We were at, the, I've told you this before we started, we were at the barbecue festival here in Surfside this weekend and it was, I don't know, two, almost three o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to open my window. I'm going to walk down there and eat something. And Chad, of course, doesn't eat again until five. I always forget, like he really doesn't. And I was like, well, I don't really like the lines. I don't want to eat out of these food trucks. Let's go to a restaurant instead. He's like, that sounds great. We'll eat at a restaurant. He's like, but not till five. <laughs> so I had to wait. I had to wait till five, oh. and that's what we did. And oh. but then I was like mad. I had to tell myself hunger is not an emergency, because once you decide you're going to eat, you decide. I mean, I decided I was going to eat and open my window, and then I was like, wait, I'm not. Anyway, I made it. I made it till five. <laughs> Thank Way you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> How did this get to Jenny or to other family members? I know she told it from her side, but tell us about that. Well, let's see. You kind of overshare when you're so excited about something. And I would, well, also it's kind of obvious too, because if you're not eating, you kind of have to tell why you're not eating. And Jenny, for one, she she said she didn't love that she had to eat all the time because she was so busy. And so it was beautiful words saying you don't have to eat, like you can just eat once. And so she jumped on that and it was just the best thing. And I have another daughter who does it too. And also when sometimes when I tell people, about it. There's, I was thinking about one of my friends. She's a young mother. She's got four little kids and she lives in Houston. And she came to see me one time and she was talking about her exercise routine that she was trying to get some weight off. And she said she got up every morning at 530 and did this horrific workout. And I don't know the names of these things. It was, you know, like Beachbody or something. And it was so harsh and it lasted for an hour and she talked about how she had to get it before the kids got up and I was like mm, well I have something that's a little easier I'll just tell you what it is and you can jump on it or not she listened to me and I told her about your book and she never it's not like we didn't talk a lot anyway and the next time I saw her she was so tiny and I said what have you done she goes oh I did what you told me to do love it, was, it. I know I know and she quit exercise I mean I don't want to say she quit exercising. She quit doing the harsh exercise. Right. Beating right. yourself and, up exercise. Yep. Yep. And you know, the some bodies obviously do better with, with more exercise than others. There's some body types, some metabolic profiles. Like, you know, when I had my DNA done, mine said less likely to lose weight with exercise. But some people mm-hmm. get more likely to lose weight Mm-mm, with exercise. But for me, I never one time Mm-mm. upped my exercise and lost weight. But I know people who people who do they know that. It does work for them. But my body did not. But that doesn't mean that I'm not active. We do need to be active. But I'm not waking up at 5.30 in the morning to do anything active. I'm not ready to be active at 5.30. No, 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 I got to no. sit and drink my black coffee, wake up. Maybe by the time it's sunny, I'll go for a beach walk. That's that's what I like. Yes, Yes, yes. I'm one who, when I exercise a lot, I can tell, or even just going for a walk, I can tell I'm hungrier. Therefore, you make up the calories in what you went for a walk on. So that doesn't work either if that's what you're doing it for. So no, I don't think I used to be so hard on myself and the exercise that I did every day and I thought I had to do it or the weight would just run away with me and I would it would snow me under and it was like a punishment. And now it doesn't feel like a punishment. It feels like something my body is thrilled to go for a walk. I'm thrilled to work outside. I mean, it just, my body feels good and it's just different. I just feel like I'm so nice to myself now in comparison to what I used to do. I mean, I've spent a lot of years being really hard on myself and it's just nice. Well, let's talk about that. All those years of being hard on yourself (laughs) and and circle back to that diet history. Because look, I already know just from what you've told me that you have quite a diet history because 
Only someone with quite a diet history like me would know about the warrior diet from back in the day and have read all that because were you the kind of person like me that would haunt the weight loss section of Amazon looking for the latest book? Well, you know what? This is funny is because if you asked me if I was a dieter 15 or 20 years ago, I would be like, no, I'm not a dieter. But the truth is, it's not because I, was, I wasn't I was looking for a diet book. I would be like, I'm just going to be a stricter on myself. I'm just not going to eat blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to have fewer calories. I'm just going, I would never go on Weight Watchers because that was a diet, right? See, I was looking for a diet book that would be the one that would finally be the right one that would just magically work. <laughs> I know. I know. But the thing is, I always, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose. I just, it was always like most women that just, it's five or 10 pounds, always five or 10 pounds. And I could lose five and it would come right back on. And when I say five or 10 pounds, there were a few years right after we moved to our house or farmhouse in the country that we were living large and we were eating so well. I made cookies every day. I believe I drank Coke every day. We had a big farm breakfast every day. I mean, we were living large and I just didn't have a scale and I just had big dresses. So I could have been more than 10 pounds overweight, but but I didn't know it. But let's see, soon after we moved out here, we did Body for Life. I rarely hear anyone talk about Body for Life. Was that big? Was it late 70s, early 80s when that kind of was big? It would have have to be like early 90s. Early 90s, okay. It was after low fat, because I did low fat in the nine, early 90s. Right, early and 90s. We, and, oh, it would have had to have been 2001 or two. Yeah, because we- I think it must have come out sooner than that, though, because I swear I think my stepmother did Body for Life at some point she early on. She did. It, was it and, like food <laughs> combining? Was that what Well, it was? if you remember the book, the cover inside just had before and after pictures of everybody, and everybody looked like a bodybuilder, even women. And it was, no, it wasn't food combining. It was, looking back oh, now, was, I didn't know- it was I didn't body for it. life. Was yes. it called body for okay? Body I for think life. There might have been. Was it? I think I may be thinking of something else. Food for life, maybe. Well, body for life. It, it incorporated some serious workouts, and you had to. It was like a bodybuilder's program. Okay, I'm thinking about something else. Well, and you what? You were probably too young then at the time because it. Uh, well, it's 2000. I know it was. I know it was early 2000s because we lived where we live now when we did it. So, oh, no, I was not too – my first dieting was early 90s. It was low fat. I mean, I did some okay. calorie counting before That's what that in the is. 80s. Yes. But yeah, early 90s, low fat. I think food for life might be what I'm thinking of. But body okay. for life was bodybuilding. Okay, body so what was life, the premise of that? That was six meals a day, very tiny meals. <laughs> I know we're laughing. Lean meat, vegetables. What do you get? Like a te- teaspoon of fat for the whole day? I mean, it was terrible. But the beauty of it, which was why my husband agreed to do it, was every Saturday there was a free day. And so free day, my favorite part about free day is looking back at it now because (laughs) free day is what we lived for. And on the whole week, we would be dreaming and writing down the food we were going to eat on Saturday. And so Saturday comes, you wake up and you eat something that you've been craving. And the minute you eat it, it tastes so good. You love it. You can't believe what it tastes like. But then you're full and you don't want to eat for the rest of the day. So the way we conquered that is we set our alarm. We got up earlier. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but that sounds like something <laughs> I would have done. Oh my gosh. But you know what? We didn't outsmart it because honestly, nothing, even though we kept eating the rest of the day, we were eating pizza or anything we desired for that week that we thought we had to have. I'm sure sweet stuff too, or nachos. That was another thing. We would eat it, but we just noticed that nothing tastes good after the first thing. Like the first thing we ate tasted delicious, but at noon when we had the nachos, they weren't that satisfying. You know, you just made me think about something that is so interesting. It was you and your husband doing that together right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you both had the similar like approach to the Saturdays, but (laughs) Chad never would have been like that. Like he would, if I was like, let's go and have a, you know, free day. He'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause he's naturally skinny. Right. He's naturally skinny. He would not be dreaming of the day and waking (laughs) up early to start eating. And, and that is just, it's, it's just funny that you and and your husband were like, yes, Mm -hmm. we're doing this together. And you both enjoyed it. There is no way in the world Chad would have done that with me. Yeah. Like I can remember I used to love, yeah. Waffle House. He wouldn't go to Waffle House if he's like, that food is not good. I'm like, but it's so good. Well, now I don't like it either. But 
<laughs> you were arguing that it was so good. That's great. Yeah, it's so good. No, it's not. <laughs> but I used to love Waffle House. But anyway. Well, also, we thought we could conquer Free Day is what's hilarious. But I don't want to forget to say about Free Day is I think about that all the time now, is that every single day for me is a Free Day. And it is not hard, and I don't treat it like that because I don't want any of those foods anymore. But the hardest thing I do in a day is wait for an hour or two, and I'm not starving, so it's not hard. So there's never any part of the day that I'm just so hungry. And when I go to bed, I can feel my stomach growling a little bit, but it's just a growl. You know, it's not an emergency. And it also lets me know that I didn't overeat that day. Because sometimes when my stomach still feels, I'm like, oh, I ate too much if I don't feel that hunger when I go to bed. But I would say even for the first whole year, I would think about what I was going to eat the next day, just like it was a free day. But I didn't, I didn't eat junk, but I would still really, really think about it. And I didn't want anyone to mess me up. Like I didn't want anyone to interrupt my plans of what great food I was going to eat. And now I'm four years in, I'm a little more relaxed and a little more flexible if you mess up my day. I get it. We, we we know there will become a there will be an eating opportunity. <laughs> it will happen. We're not going to die, right? <laughs> Tomorrow like me is, at the yeah. barbecue festival. <laughs> but you know what? In the beginning, those days are so important. Like when you're thinking about denying yourself and you're not eating dinner, it is really important to think about what you're eating the next day. I mean, it, it gets you through. And also, I don't want to forget to say either, getting you through those online things on Facebook. I don't know how people do it without some kind of support because that was a lifeline for me every single day just to hear people's struggles or hear suggestions or just to know they're doing the same thing and they're waiting it out. And also, it killed a lot of time while you're hungry yeah. well, to go true. see what... Yeah, it did, which time killer is a really important thing in the beginning. Well, and being in the groups, what I found for me in my early, early days when I was starting intermittent fasting, you know, I was in all those groups that had the same, you know, bad advice because there was no clean fast back then. And they're like, yeah, do it. Have have three down days in a row if you want to. And, <laughs> you know, we were just doing whatever back then. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. still having the support felt good. And people would post things like, I really learned what I learned from reading things that people posted. Like I can remember the first time someone posted a Jason Fung blog post. I'd never heard of him. This was probably in 2015. And I read one of his blog posts for the first time, and that sent me down the whole, this is before the obesity code had come out. I was reading his blog posts, and but I got that through a Facebook support group of some sort. But once I got to my goal weight, you might think, okay, I don't need support anymore. But by that point, I was giving support to other people. And there is really no better way to be more solid in your own intermittent fasting practice than to give advice to other people about theirs. Yes, I agree. I love to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like when I was a teacher, you know, we know the best way to learn something is to teach someone else to do it. And so that's really what I feel like with the support groups and the community that we still have now at jenstevens.com slash community it's the people who are there every day supporting other people that are, are becoming the – it's really helping them more than they know. Like, it's helped me. Would I have been this successful for this many years if I had just done it and lived my life? I don't know. It's hard to yeah. say. No, I just – it is important because you you aren't living like the rest of the world is living. You're on a different schedule. And so it just it – just, nice to know that there's another, what, million people out there doing the same thing. Because there's a lot of people doing it. When I say a million, I pulled that number. You know, your groups were absolutely huge. So I know they're big numbers, but, you know, a lot more sense there are probably millions of people out there doing intermittent fasting quietly. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. Obviously, because I got on Amazon just to look how many books there are available on fasting recently. And, oh, my goodness, page after page after page after page. I'm so glad I got in there early. Yeah, (laughs) no kidding. And And I remember a couple years, maybe a year, I can't remember, a while back I was talking to my editor. And she said every book pitch they were getting was, had fasting in it somehow. Oh, like wow. every diet book Can you pitch believe it? had fasting. I'm like, well, you know, it's a, but that's people trying to turn it into like their spin of diet, whereas that's the opposite of what I want to do because it's not a diet and there's no one way to do it. And so I think that's why those books come and go because they're just like very prescriptive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, another diet I was, I told you I wouldn't do Weight Watchers, but the reason I did Weight Watchers for a minute was because, and this story, 
I love to look back on too because it makes sense to me now. And at the time it did not. But there was a girl who just shrunk before my eyes. Young mom who had some weight on her and she just shrunk so much that her her little tiny jeans were falling off of her. I mean, she just, it was, you know, when people lose weight, they usually look crabby and they they aren't any fun. They're not eating when people are eating. They look kind of miserable. And she didn't, she looked great. And so I was like, what are you doing? And she said, Weight Watchers. And I was like, okay, well, that was the first time I'd heard that. And so I said, I mean, that I'd heard that, that I, and I'd wanted to do it. And I, so I asked Because she questions. looked so good and she was yeah. happy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I said, how in the world do you do that with so few calories? I mean, it's points, you know. And she goes, oh, I could never do that like that. She goes, I just have to save all my calories till the end of the day. She I was fasting. Any- yes, she was fasting. <laughs> Love it. Of course, now it makes sense. But at the time I was like, okay, well, I'll do Weight Watchers. Well, I didn't have the success because I was eking it out like I did every other thing, eating the six meals a day like everyone said I should. And, you know, if your stomach growled, you needed to certainly have a few nuts or something to keep your metabolism going. So that's just funny to look back on because I'm like, now all these things that I was, they were so mysterious at the time. Like every diet, when you look at it now, you're like, oh, I know why that works. So I did that. But another thing I did was when my kids were sick with mono. Oh, it was when Nourishing Traditions came out, Sally Fallon and Mary Enig. And I bought that and I read it and it changed the way I ate completely. You know, I got rid of everything. I started traveling places to go find raw milk and cream. So it changed everything. But at the same time, what it did for me was like, if a little is good, then a lot is better, right? I understand that. That sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. And also (laughs) if all these things are so good for me, then I need all these things. Right. And so every day I would have all these things. So even though I was eating healthy, healthy food and things that were nourishing me very well, it was too much. Too much food. Uh-huh. And so that was really helpful. So that's why when I started fasting, I didn't ever crave junk food or I didn't have to start with getting rid of that. So it made it a lot easier. And it also, it's like now everything makes sense to me. You know, like when you nourish your body well and you take the bad oils out and you just feel good, it all just feels very easy. And also like when we, you know, you might wonder how do we go out to eat with people or how do we do dinner or have someone over for lunch or whatever? We adjust. We will just eat a lot less. We still open our window at noon or for me, 10, which makes it a long window, but I'll have something strategically planned. Like the other day I had, we were going to go out to dinner and I just ran errands for hours and just took some tuna fish and cottage cheese with me. So when I was starving, I would have something, but I wouldn't just keep nibbling. Because when you normally open your window with food at noon, it is kind of hard not to eat much. Yeah, and, I could see how that would be. You'd yeah, be hungry. Yeah, But it was a great strategy because it worked and we went out to dinner and I was hungry. So good. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Yeah. Well, I I want to circle back to what you said. The book Nourishing Traditions, I read that a long time ago as well. And it really did teach me a lot about eating real food, along with the science of skinny, nourishing traditions, the work of Weston Price, which, of course, nourishing traditions is based on. It really does all come back to people who have lived long and lived well eat real food the food of their ancestors, they're not eating all this ultra-processed food. So for anybody who's really, really struggling with cravings and overeating, food quality is such a great way to dial that in. Mm -hmm. If I open my window with ultra-processed foods, I want to keep eating, eating, eating. Whereas if I eat nourishing foods, it satisfies me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That is the one thing that I, like if I get too loosey-goosey, I expect it to be on maintenance by now, but I always, when I'm getting close to what I think, I guess what I'm saying is I am content. I am perfectly content with where I am. I was a size eight forever and ever, minus what I didn't know when I was wearing the baggy dresses. Who knows what I was then? But when I could get down to a size six and sometimes a four, and that's actually my size now, why would I keep striving when it's just so easy? Yeah. That is maintenance to me. Like, I understand, you know, I still have some squishy parts. I've talked about it before. If I were somebody who, like, really wanted to have, you know, quote, the perfect body or whatever, if that exists, but, you know, my body is what it is. But I could feel like I needed to lose more weight and, like, I wasn't there yet. But instead, I'm just like, this is the body I've got, and this lifestyle lets me live it. That's what maintenance is. Maintenance is when you're living a life you enjoy in a body you feel pretty good in. And that's what you want. I could work harder, but I don't want to. (laughs) Exactly. And I could be stricter with myself and I wouldn't have any problem doing those 500 calorie days anymore because I know to eat them all at one time and I've done it before and it's so easy compared to what it was in the beginning when before I was fat adapted. But I'm not going to do that because my husband's home and we're here together and why would I say I'm doing this today and you're doing that? So, but if he ever goes out of town, I'll do a 500 calorie day. And I'll be a little stricter on myself because I don't mind. And it's kind of nice to feel that way. I love the way it feels the next day when you think you'll be starving and you're not and you feel like a little feather. It just feels so good. So I'm perfectly content where I am. If you feel good as a six slash four, why do you have to be a two slash four or a zero slash right? I know. And I'm only I'm only five, four and a half. And all everything I eat, I always think of myself as like a little puppy. I'm short waisted. And so when I eat, you can see my food. You know, like a puppy when they ride after. <laughs> I know they what eat. you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm always my after I eat, I, <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. You can and, feel it in there because I'm short waisted yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah I'm five yeah, yeah. five, so I'm not much taller than you. Yeah. So, you know, it's there and it's okay, but I can develop bad habits like continue eating when I'm not hungry because it's there and it tastes good. And if it's processed food, it tastes good longer, right? Then you have to rein yourself back in. But reining yourself back in from that kind of stuff is a whole lot different than being on super strict diets and feel like you fail all the time. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the best part of all is knowing that you know, hey, maybe today I ate more than my body needed, but that's okay. Because I still had, a, you know, for you, maybe a 20-hour fast, maybe 19-hour fast, whatever it was. You still had a fast, and tomorrow will be another fast. And it's not a big deal. It's not a problem. Yeah, and your body kind of lets you know. Like when I overeat, when I say overeat, when I like we've gone out to eat, or whenever I've eaten more than I should have eaten, the next day my body gets full quicker. And in the past, I may have ignored that, but my satiety signals actually work, which is about the best thing in the world, isn't it? I just honestly, that's like the biggest thing to me with fasting is that my signals tell me when I'm full and when I'm hungry. And before those were broken. And I've heard you say a thousand times that you asked yourself the question, am I hungry? And the answer was always yes. And it was It was true. always yes. Yes, yeah. it was. So now those signals actually work. And even like, it feels good to ignore the growling stomach because you know, I still feel good. My stomach's growling right now, but I still have energy and I feel good. Mine so just growled, it. I think, because we were talking about it. My stomach just went, Burp. <laughs> But it's, Well, you it's have a no lot longer deal. to wait than I do. Well, yeah, I do. It's it's almost noon. We're recording. And I mean, I'm going to have a lot of stuff. I have, to, I have to pay my taxes today. That's on my agenda. Oh, Doesn't boy. that sound fun? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Tax day when you're a business is March fifteenth, oh. so I've got to do all my business oh. taxes. Stuff. I'm sorry. So, well, it's okay. It's okay. I look at it like this. I'm the eternal optimist. I'm like, I am grateful for the fact that I have to pay taxes because it means I had a good year, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. As I write that check, I will feel that way. My accountant's pretty good. He does a pretty good job of like getting it all, so I don't have to. I pay it throughout the year instead of having to pay it all at once. But anyway, but I have plenty to keep me occupied before I open my window later today. That's good. That's always good. (laughs) It is. It really is. So you mentioned before we started recording, you wanted to make sure that you had a chance to talk about all the books that influenced you. And I know you've mentioned some along the way, but are there any that you haven't mentioned yet? I think the only one I didn't mention was The Power of Appetite Correction. I just thought that was... Dr. Burnt Hearing. 
Yes, it's easy to read and it has some very practical advice in it. And your book has this, that practical advice in it as well. But your book has everything in it. And it does uh, have everything. <laughs> every possible scenario. But before you wrote Fast Feast Repeat, his book was very helpful because it gave some practical ways to make your window go longer. And he talked about just what we were talking about, about appetite correction. Just it just is an incredible thing that something gets fixed and you feel it and it benefits you every day. It's just wonderful. Yep. He came up with those words and they are powerful words. Dr. Burt Hearing, Fast Five and the book Appetite Correction really transformed my life because they were very simple concepts. Five-hour eating window, that worked great for me. Appetite Correction, suddenly we understood. You can trust your body. Before people understood what calories were, before calories had even been you know, given a name, people were able to eat and stop eating, right? <laughs> I know. I know. But I think that six meal a day thing, really, and everyone believed it for so long that your metabolism would suffer if you didn't eat, that's the most harmful advice. I think so too. It really yeah. is because people used to listen to their body, am I hungry? And I didn't even know what that felt like. because I was Or like, they just knew not to eat. Like yes. they just didn't eat between meals. They're like, yes. no, don't have a snack now. You'll ruin your dinner. Yeah. And they knew like the, the wisdom of our grandparents or great-grandparents. They knew that dinner was going to nourish your body. So why are you going to have a snack right now? Exactly. I mean, when I was growing up, it was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There were no snacks. There was nothing in the refrigerator to snack on. That's or true. Pantry. It was just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. There were no snacks. Yeah. I know. You, you, that's exactly right. Yeah. It was a good thing. And also with Bert Herring's book, talking about how to train your body to make your window go longer for every 15 minutes, that was so helpful because you can set an alarm and go 15 minutes longer than you did the day before and your body will, will catch on. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a lot of great tips in there. He's a very quiet guy. I only met him one time in person. He came to Atlanta in hmm, probably 2016. It was before I wrote Delight on Deny. I'm pretty sure. Yep. 2016. He was in Atlanta and he's very, very soft-spoken, very, very quiet guy, but very smart. You know, I love the scientist mm-hmm. type, mm-hmm. like <laughs> since I'm married to one, <laughs> but I'm grateful for the work that he put out into the mm-hmm. world. Yes. So that's absolutely. a great book. But, you know, the, a lot of appetite correction, he talks about the, the quality of the food that you're eating being tied to that. And that was that's important to understand as well. So how much weight have you lost altogether? Well, truth is like 7 to 10. Yeah, you didn't but need – you said like you didn't need to more, lose. Yeah. yeah, but the fact that it really left – and I always, I feel like it's going, it's gone forever unless I abuse it without trying. It's gone. And I just like my clothes fitting. You know, I just remember all the years of putting on something and going, no, and taking it off and putting something else back on. And that frustration doesn't happen anymore. You put it on and you go. You know, it's just so nice. Year after year, right? Year after year. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm was, eating good food. I was going through my closet recently. And I got rid of about a third of my clothes that I just don't wear because I have too many things crammed in this house. And so I'm like, what do I really not wear? So I'm like, I got rid of things that I don't really like. But the clothes still fit me from last summer. It's just such a great, yeah, it really is such a great, great feeling. So yeah, you never needed to lose any more than the five to 10 other than the big dress era that <laughs> that we don't that we don't know. Or we don't know. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know. But you lost those five to 10 and they've just stayed off without yes. having to worry about it. Yes. That's yep. fabulous. What is it or if anything that you struggle with now? I don't struggle with anything necessarily except for I do wish that my coffee didn't determine my day. I wish that I had the freedom to keep going because I'm not hungry. But since the coffee's involved, my body's craving the coffee and the cream and sugar. And that's what has to open my window because I know that I could go longer if I didn't have to have that. So that so is you a wish you didn't me. have that. I wish I didn't have that. We talked a little bit before we, we started recording and I really think that there's something in dairy. I actually read about this the other day. I've read about it before. It wasn't new to me, but someone was talking about needing the cream, needing the, you know, the pull of the creamer and the protein in dairy fits into some of the same brain receptors that the opioid receptors. So I think some of us have more of like a, 
I don't want to say the word addiction because I, I mean it's dairy, it's food. You know, it's not not like you're having you know opioid drugs. But I think it lights up the brain differently for different people. And so when people really really are attached to their cream or their milk or their creamer or whatever, I think it may be lighting up your brain in a different way. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. It's just that our brains are also different. Mm-hmm. You know, different people. Some people drink alcohol and they're like alcoholics, whereas other people can have a glass of wine. They're no, no problem. We all are different in the way things respond in our brain. So your brain is enjoying mm-hmm. that coffee with cream and sugar. Mm-hmm. It sure is. <laughs> and it works for you, though. That's the thing. I think it's okay. I, you know, I think it's all right. You just say, "Gosh, you know, it would be nice if if I didn't want this, but I do, and it works for me, and I'm gonna have it, and I am not sorry." Right? 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 That's and right. just understanding why, you know. Right. Yep. I enjoy having a glass of wine at night, and I don't have one every night, but I enjoy it. It makes my brain feel good. <laughs> Doesn't feel good to overdrink, but I like to have a little bit. Would I be better off to have zero? Maybe, probably, but we make choices because of what feels good, and, and we don't have to apologize for that because life is supposed to be pleasurable. But I, I do think that that explains why some people have a lot harder time with that cream than other people. I love that you've made it work for you. But again, it, there's no guilt involved. It's just, well, you know, my brain loves this and that is what it is. I enjoy, I, I deserve to have something that I love. I do. And <laughs> I enjoy it so much that it felt wrong to give it up, actually. I wish that I could, but I always tell people that if they can drink black coffee, you can get that down. It, this it really is a piece of cake. I mean, because it's about training. I mean, even if you did your, for 15 minute intervals, if you just, you know, just worked your way up with black coffee, and I, I know of so many people who are fasting now and they do it this way and they just have the best results. So it makes such a difference. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Okay. I would say the first thing when opening your window, don't eat the things that you've been thinking about and craving. Open it up with something that will nourish your body. And then you can have whatever you think you wanted so badly later. But every day when I hand my husband something to eat, it could just be cottage cheese. It, just because maybe I'm in a hurry or whatever. And I haven't gotten the meal ready and I know he's hungry. So I'm handing him just some cottage cheese. I will hand it to him and say, this is going to be the most incredible thing you have ever eaten. And it's true. He'll sit there and go, this is amazing. This is amazing. And so it's just true. The first thing you eat, doesn't have to be your favorite thing. Let it be the most nourishing thing because it's going to taste good. It's going to taste really good. Also, just remember when you're feeling like it's really hard and maybe you can't do it, just remember all the diets and all the restricting that you've done in the past and think about how hard that is because nothing is as hard as every single day denying yourself what you want and being hungry and just get yourself through those hours that you need to get through and your body will figure it out. Your your hormones in the beginning will change and you'll feel like you can't do it and you'll feel ravenous in the beginning, but maybe for a day or two or three and then it will go away. And, you know, it's about your hormones shifting and you may feel like you can't do it and you weren't made for this because you feel weird and wacky and you've overeaten, but give it time. Like you say, 28 days. You know, I think it's just such an easy, a delightful way to live when you get to eat what you want to eat. I just cannot recommend it enough. And the way you feel and and I've I've lived long enough to have done all the hard things. And this feels like, like when I tell someone who's young and they do it, I'm like, I'm giving you the most delightful gift by telling you this. Because if you get it down, you're just never going to struggle. I love that. I love the word delightful. It does feel delightful every day to open my window and have delicious food with no guilt. Yeah, it does. It does. does. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. I'm so glad that we connected all these years since first connecting in the Facebook group. I know. I know. It's been so long. It's been so nice to talk to you, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. 
please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law & Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery+. Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.